Alright, do you have any opening in mind for this one? Um, I was thinking we could do like a gunfight with our fingers. That translates really well to an audio medium. <laughs> to audio. Pow, pow. I think that's the best homage we can do. Welcome back to a serious series of utmost importance, the series. I feel like it's been a minute since we recorded one of these. It's been a while. Um, I am Neil, one of the hosts. And I am Tom, also one of the hosts. And today we are talking about something that's very timely and that's going to get the people going because of how you know culturally relevant it is at this current moment in May of 2022. <laughs> The music, I mean, <laughs> the films of Edgar Wright. Yeah. Well, you know, he made two movies last year. He did. Neither of which I've seen. I, I watched both of them. Oh, really? Yeah. You watched the Sparks Brothers thing? I, I did. I watched that last night. Oh, was it good? It was actually pretty good. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But it was, um, it kind of yeah. reminded me of what we do on this podcast sometimes, but like much higher budget and probably better produced and researched. Yeah. Um, um, like you went through their entire discography and sort of their history as a band. Interesting. I remember just seeing the. I know we'll talk about it, but I just remember seeing the like trailer, and they like interviewed like a lot of really cool people. They do, yeah. It's actually a That's, cool movie. You'll, you're, you'd like it. You should probably watch it at some point. Yeah. All right. So who is Edgar Wright? How do you feel about the name? If you're gonna be named Ed. Or Eddie, would you rather be Edgar or like Ed Edward or Edmund? That's a great question. Oh God. Um. So if 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 Ed was short for something in my name, yeah, what would it be short for? Edland. Edland, I like that. How about you? I would. Uh, a good question. <laughs> you asked the question. <laughs> definitely not Edmund. That's that's lame. No, definitely not Edmund. I think I'd go. I think my name would be Eden. Eden. Yeah, like a like a hippie, uh, you know, Garden of Eden, I guess. But I'd be Ed instead of Ed. All right, we could just keep moving. <laughs> um, Ed, Edgar Wright. This is our first film director-based episode. We've been sort of kicking this... Well, Tarantino. We never did Tarantino. Oh, okay. We, we'd always been meaning to do Tarantino, but I, I can't... I, I just haven't finished his last movie. And then we can't get our, uh, our co-host, Chris, to nail down scheduling because he loves Tarantino like Tarantino loves feet. Yeah. Yeah, we should do more directors. There, it's a good, it's a good uh, well to to dip into. Yeah, Edgar Wright is a good director. That's my thesis statement for the episode. I agree. It like all of his movies are really fun. They're all not all. 
it's interesting because some of them are like his classic movies like it's like oh i definitely know who's directing it and others are not they're just like seem more like regular movies you know what i mean yeah like obviously the ones with simon Pegg are in one category and then there's other category of it's fun and so every thing i read about him this uh every article has the same general descriptor they describe him as like a hyperkinetic filmmaker Oh, meaning like high energy kind of? I think so, yeah. Like high energy, a lot of quick cuts. And yeah. I think one thing is there's a lot of music that is through the DNA of his movies. Right. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the most popular directors have that music theme in it, right? Like, like who Tarantino else? does that. Does he? Yeah. Music and feet. And what? And feet. Feet, yes, exactly. Um, and, like, even, like, uh, Scorsese has music, although it's, like, you know, older music because he's an older guy, but it's a big part of it. Uh, it, it feels like his mu- his movies are are sort of expansions of music videos, sometimes right yeah uh like not as fast paced as a music video but still faster paced than other movies by other directors because the music is so prominent in his movies or just like the energy of it like a music video's three minutes or so has to be high energy has to like go along with the, the song and it just has yeah. to keep you engrossed for that yeah like Sparks Brothers was a two hour and 20 minute documentary it had a lot of music in it obviously but it didn't feel two hours and 20 minutes it felt like maybe like an hour and 20 minutes or so and just the editing and the pacing is really good on his movies usually right yeah no I definitely agree um I would say you, would you say he's your favorite English director? No. Maybe. Really? Okay, wait. Who are other English directors? Chris <laughs> Nolan is English. Oh, damn. You're right. Okay. He's, Chris Those Nolan's not my two. favorite English director either, probably. Who is? Let me just pull up my handy list of English directors. There's Guy Ritchie, Ridley Scott, uh, Danny Boyle, uh, Alfred Hitchcock... All right, I guess there are some good ones. Charlie Chaplin. In fact, this list goes alphabetically on the Wikipedia page. Paul Anderson, Richard Ayoade. Wow. Okay, but you could definitely put him above some of those people. Terry Gilliam. I put him over Terry Gilliam. Duncan Jones, I feel like it's, the son of uh, of David oh, Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick, uh, but he's U.S. born. Yeah. He's he's definitely in the top pantheon of film directors. I I'd, think so. I'd probably have to think about him a little bit more. It's probably between him and Chris Nolan. Yeah. Okay, at least of that generation, like him and Christopher Nolan are the... Like Alfred Hitchcock was a long time ago, and it's great, but 
is different. Yeah, I agree. Is he is he one of your top British film directors? Yeah, definitely. Is he one of your top directors? I think so. Yeah, I think so he's too. He's like the the word I just thought of the word. It's like the auteur, right? Mm-hmm. A u t e u r. It's like him or like Tarantino who like really put their fingerprint on every movie that they direct. Like they're all. It's like their signature style, right? Like if you saw the if you saw a movie, you didn't know who directed it, you could tell that this was an Edgar Wright movie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think for the most part you're right. Yeah. I don't think you can say that about Christopher Nolan. I think you could. They're like larger than life. Um they're just like huge, like epic. A lot of like the sound, like the heavy sound did he direct uh 1917 no no he, he did he dunkirk um dunkirk he um, was really boring <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it was um it uh chris nolan did memento yeah that was like one of his early ones yeah and i guess a lot of them are like psychological Oh, you know what it is? It's like non... It's the time thing, right? Non-linear storytelling. Non-linear time. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's actually a really good point. Except for the Batman movies. True. Those are the exception. Um, But even like Interstellar is kind of weird and confusing. That's true. But so none none of these ones that we're talking about are sort of just like the cookie-cutter filmmakers. They're not the person that... You know, Disney yeah. would would hire after they fired um, exactly Phil Lord and Chris Miller from Solo to to salvage Solo. Like they'd got Ron exactly. Howard, they wouldn't be going to oh let's get Edgar Wright or or Christopher Nolan or yeah. Quentin Tarantino to finish this movie. <laughs> Dude, that'd be if they got Quentin Tarantino to finish <laughs> Solo. That would be a good movie. That would have been really interesting. But back to back to Edgar Wright. Yeah. He start he made his first movie at age fourteen. Oh. On a Super Eight. Shaun of the Dead? Nope. Rolf Harris Saves yeah. the World. Paris? Rolf Harris Saves the oh. World, it's called. I don't think it's available anywhere because it's a fourteen year old made this movie. <laughs> okay. And then at age twenty, he did make a movie that got a release. It's called A Fistful of Fingers. Oh, yeah. I have not seen it. Have you? I watched about 40 minutes of it this morning. Oh, really? Yes. I watched, the, I watched some clips on YouTube. It's really hard to find. It's not available anywhere because um, they're planning to release a Blu-ray of it this year, apparently. But they've been okay. saying that since 2018. So it's not available anywhere online, really. It used to be on YouTube, but that's all been taken down. Yeah. But it is a, uh, it was made on fifteen thousand dollars. It felt like a student Monty Python movie. Oh the horses. Is that a bad thing. No, it was you know it had a certain charm. The horses are made of paper mache, and oh it, it's it's like a, a spaghetti western type of thing, and comedy. And there's a, there's like a chase scene where the main guy is chasing after the bad guy. And it's just like these paper mache horses in the front, horse legs in the back, and then just like people running in in like a horse suit. <laughs> That's 
kind of funny. It is kind of funny. I, I kind of wish like it had a slightly higher budget because then you could think, yeah. oh, this is all intentional to be funny. Yeah. And it you know it is still funny, but it's just not it's not something that like you would ever go and and randomly watch as a comedy like on the same tier yeah. airplane or something. But it wants to be that. Right. It's almost entertaining, I'd say, but it is pretty funny. Okay. There's a uh, it has a lot of precursor scenes so far to other Edgar Wright movies. There's a bunch of people chanting in unison to a question, like almost like Hot Fuzz esque. Right. There's a. Uh, there's a, there's a shootout scene and every other shot like every time it cuts back to the person being shot at there's like a different target that's being hit instead of the person there's like a bottle and the next time it's a bunch of cans and then it's oh, yeah. a uh, a board that has a drawing of a woman and says innocent bystander and she gets hit <laughs> it's clever it's clever it's yeah it's uh it, it definitely has like um you can see that this per- the person who makes this is going to make good movies when he has more yeah. money yeah I mean um, just based on the few clips that I saw and obviously it's like a western movie it like ties to what a lot of his movies are about especially like the early ones which are like sort of like homage slash parody of other movies and like film tropes right yeah um, like definitely spaced is like that's like the whole concept of spaced is like referencing action movies and like sci-fi from everything prior to like 2000 which is like when it was made spaced. I think you would really like that show I you know I think I probably would too I'm kind of surprised that I haven't seen it so it's Simon Pegg yeah. and Nick Frost yeah it's um is it a sitcom Yes. But, um, yeah, it's a sitcom. It's like a British sitcom, you know? So, like, short. Yeah, there's, like, 12 episodes, and... (laughs) I probably could have watched this all last night, too. Yeah, it's actually really funny. Um, and, uh, it's kind of like... I mean, it was, like, around the same time as, like, The Office, right? Like, the British Office, so... It's kind of like that. It's kind of like Peep Show a little bit. What is it um, about? So it's about... Um, so Simon Pegg's the main char- one of the main characters. And then um, his roommate, this woman, is the other main character. And they, like... I don't know. What is it about, you know? They move into an apartment together and pretend they're a couple, but they're not. And they're just trying to keep it up, but that's like the premise. But then, like the whole thing is just like references to other movies and stuff. And honestly, as is the case in a lot of these movies, Nick Frost is like one of the funniest guys. <laughs> he is like um, Simon Pegg's best friend, and he's obsessed with guns and like military and stuff. Um, so I don't know. There's just like so many opportunities for like you know shootout like imaginary shootouts and stuff like that like referencing the matrix at the time was innovative um it's really good you would like it and yeah it's short i will give it a shot also good music 
I'm gonna rewatch it too. Because I think I watched it. It's probably been like over ten years since I watched it. Between between spaced and a fistful of fingers, he did some other shows. He did a sketch show called Mash and Peas. He did a show called Asylum, and then he directed part of Asylum too. That was oh really? Pretty weird. What is it? But you know who is one of the main characters? No. Uh, Holly from Red Dwarf, the like oh the hat giant head. The original Holly or the second Holly? The the male one. Okay. Which I think is the original, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He also did music videos after yeah. A Fistful of Fingers. And I was watching some of them this morning before this episode. He did one with... Uh, Noel Fielding and he, he's actually done a lot of them but he did one with Noel Fielding uh, for Mitt Royale's song Blue Song and apparently he got the inspiration for it because he had a, a script that was sort of like a proto script for Baby Driver and oh, wow. and this was the, supposed to be the opening scene so even like in the early late 90s early 2000s like he was looking ahead to stuff that he would be doing later but it's it's like right. almost a shot for shot recreation of the first scene of baby driver oh that's awesome but like 15 years before baby driver yeah that's cool i like directors who do music videos like richard iwata who you mentioned <laughs> okay and then after spaced he did Shaun of the Dead, and that's like what everyone really thinks about as his first movie. Yeah. What did you think of this movie? What do I think? Uh, it's a great movie. Hilarious. Um, I don't know. I feel like people would still consider it like his most uh, signature movie, right? Really? At least like the most the first one you'd think of no I think I think of Hot Fuzz or really um or or Scott Pilgrim interesting because I forgot he did Scott Pilgrim <laughs> <laughs> I mean to me these three the the Cornetto movies are like the classic ones they are they are definitely like the classic Edgar Wright movies but yeah only two of them have a really good reputation the first two the World's End wasn't super well received. Yeah. I thought it was okay. It was fine. It's not as good. That's definitely true. What is Cornetto ice cream? Uh, I don't know. I always assumed it was kind of like a drumstick. Is that not the case? According to the Wikipedia page, it does look like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never understood why... He called it that. It's just a European brand? It's an Italian brand of frozen dessert. The name is also a reference to the French Three Colors trilogy by director Christoph Kieslowski. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, okay, back to Shaun of the Dead. Uh, great movie. I would I would totally rewatch it. Um, I, I think... Is this before or after 28 Days Later? Good question. 28 
28 Days Later was 2002. Shaun of the Dead was 2004. Oh, really? Interesting. I don't think I liked it as it uh, came out because it was 2004 and I just didn't like horror movies or zombie movies because I was a wee lad. Yeah, yeah. But rewatching yeah. it as a as an angsty teen and angsty adult, I think it was pretty good. Yeah, it's not that scary, right? No, I mean, it's I not guess scary. Some tense parts. I think um, I think something that bothered me about it, which is stupid, but like the end is is uh how does it end? The only thing I remember is his friend becomes a zombie. Right? Yeah, yeah, and I think that bothered and they sing, me. And they play. Uh, my best friend, my queen, and and he like keeps him. He keeps him like as a pet or something. As a dog, like tied up like a dog. Yeah, I don't. I think that kind of bothered me. Really, that's like the thing I remember the most. It's so hilarious. That's the thing I remember most, and I think it's hilarious. It is hilarious. It's hilarious. As a, but I don't think I was watching it like only as a comedy, and I think I was like, huh, this is kind of messed up. Yeah, that this is like the happy ending that they went with. But that was just that was just me, as a, as a as a small Neil. <laughs> I I haven't watched it again in like ten years, so I should probably rewatch it at some Same. point, and it'll probably hold up a lot better. Well, did you know that uh, Shaun of the Dead actually inspired the hit twenty ten Spanish Cuban uh, zombie comedy film Juan of the Dead? <laughs> Wait! Oh my God! I think I actually did hear about. <laughs> Something like that. Who made one of the dead? Uh, Alejandro Bruges. What a great, what a it, great it title! It won a, it won the Goya Award for best Spanish language film. Wow, wow! It, I think it, um, it probably was one of the early ones in the whole zombie parody craze, like. Zombieland was later. Before Zombieland. And then One Cut of the Dead, this Japanese zombie comedy that was really well received a couple years ago. Juan de los Muertos. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Zombies were big. Now zombies are out, right? I never never liked zombies. But there was that, like 28 Days Later... Shaun of the Dead, Zombieland, and then, um, what's the show called? Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. That was big, and I th- but I think that became too much, because then they made spin-off shows, and then I think people got tired of zombies, because there's just too much. Also, that uh, video game... Days Gone. Uh, Last- I thought it was Last of Us or something. Oh, yeah, Last of Us. There's also... Yeah. That that that's a better one, yeah. Um, Last of Us was big. It's being made into a show now. Oh wow! With Pedro Pascal. Ooh. And Last of Us Two came out a couple years ago. Zombies, I think, are st- still have still have a la- longevity in video games, but Nazi zombies. What from uh, Call of Duty? Oh yeah. Do you think, that was fun. Do you think that was inspired by Shaun of the Dead? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we can thank Edgar Wright for Nazi zombies and <laughs> yeah, and Call of Duty. Did he do anything between Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz? Um, 
I don't... Nothing major, not as far as I know. Okay. Hot Fuzz is a, is a hilarious movie. Hot Fuzz is 2007, Shaun of the Dead is 2004. Yeah. Timothy Dalton is in it. Yeah, he Dalton. Perhaps the best James Bond. That's... <laughs> Some, someone's got to believe that, right? Timothy Dalton's mom believes that. Yeah. That was 80s Bond. Is this your favorite of the three Cornetto movies? Yes, definitely. Me too. It's the funniest, for sure. And I think, I think action movie parody lends itself uh, to a... It, it goes down easier than zombie movie parody. Yeah, because zombie... There's still some unsettling... Things, there's right? like no there's nothing there's no aftertaste to this movie yeah because we've seen so many action movies like whatever someone getting shot yeah you don't really think twice yeah and the one after this um world's end in 2013 that's also kind of a downer it is that yeah i just remember like the first half being like kind of funny and then yeah, the ending was like, all right. Well, the, I think the world ends in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and and uh, Simon Pegg is playing like a, like a loser who can't, loser. Who, who doesn't move on from his glory days of high school. Nick Frost is like the straight man who's given up alcohol. Right. And there's other people, drink. but, you know, <laughs> Martin Freeman That's is in it. it. Yeah, I think he's in all of them. Wait, Martin Freeman's in all of them? I think so. Yes. Who does he play in Hot Fuzz? Uh, let me see. Met Sergeant. Hmm, who does he play in Shaun of the Dead? Declan. <laughs> There's a list. <laughs> oh my god. Cast. All of these movies. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Julia Deacon, Martin Freeman, Bill Nighy. Rafe Spall, Patricia Franklin, Garth Jennings. Wait, those are the people in all of these movies? Yeah. Is Matt Lucas in all of them, or is he in just uh, Shaun of the Dead? I think he's just in Shaun of the Dead. Interesting. Well, there you go. That's the connection. Um, Matt Lucas in Shaun of the Dead in 2004. Noel Fielding in the music video for Mint Royale's Blue Song in whenever that was. Years later, they meet up and they co-host the Great British Bake Off together right now. Oh, God. Uh, that's crazy. You know, Hot Fuzz also has uh, the guy who plays the Hound, right? Oh, in Game of Thrones? Yeah. He's the big guy. Oh, yeah, the, the guy who says Yerp. Yeah, Yerp. Yes, yes. <laughs> What a great movie. <laughs> yeah, Europe. This just makes me re- want to rewatch the uh, Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy. I know. Or just Hot Fuzz. Maybe, uh, maybe just Hot Fuzz. Hot so I had to decide yesterday which like Edgar Wright movie I was going to watch, because I only really had time to watch one movie before yeah. making this episode, and I felt like the Sparks Brothers would be good. A, because it was readily available on Netflix, and B, because it's his only documentary. It's on Netflix. But I, uh, yeah, it is on Netflix. But if I, in another world, where I wasn't in the mood to watch a documentary, I definitely would have just rewatched Hot Fuzz yesterday. Yeah. Such a great movie. 
hilarious. Also, there's like a mystery aspect to it. Yeah, it's like a good story. I'd, I'd say it's probably one of the best stories that he make, he's made. Right. In fact, probably more minutes of the movie are a mystery than action, right? It's just the ver- like the end is just like the most insane action movie. Everything in the beginning of the movie sets up like this crazy action movie second half. It's just a very well-crafted um, film. Like, yeah. from the writing and the editing and the directing. It's just a well-directed movie. He he deserved the accolades he got for this. And I think, yeah. you know, if, if he just did Shaun of the Dead and that was good, and then his, sec- his next movie was kind of crap, he wouldn't be regarded as, as such a good director right. and he wouldn't have had more opportunities. I think that sort of happened to Duncan Jones. Because mm-hmm. his first movie mm-hmm. was... Um, let me just pull him up. He did Moon which was really well regarded then he did Source Code this action movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and I don't think it was well regarded then he did Warcraft (laughs) then he did Warcraft oh you know what sorry Source Code Source Code was it got a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes then Warcraft was not good but I don't think anyone saw it I, I saw it but I remember getting tickets to see it for free in college and I don't remember why Okay. Yeah, why did he do Warcraft? I don't know. He didn't like do anything between Source Code and Warcraft. That's weird. Maybe he really liked Warcraft. Maybe. But then my you know, my uh my argument there is completely invalid when I said that if Hot Fuzz was bad or I don't even remember what I said. I said he did two good movies, if the second one was bad Mm-hmm. he would have not had more opportunities. But no, it's if the third one was bad, he would have ha- not had more opportunities. But the third one yeah. was... Was... What was the third one? World's End. No. No? World's End was way later. World's End was 2013. Hot Fuzz was 2007. Yeah, but in between them, he did Scott Pilgrim. Oh, damn, you're right. And also, um, you know what? I... Was I've invalidated myself again because Hot Fuzz is his third movie, A Fistful of Fingers is his first. Yeah, technically. <laughs> I guess that's technically true. Um, is there anything else you want to say about Hot Fuzz before we go to Scott Pilgrim? Let's talk Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim was July 27th, 2010. Got good reviews, crazy. but didn't make a lot of money. Really? Apparently it was a box. I think I saw it twice in theaters. I loved it. It, We were certainly the target audience for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great movie. I definitely saw it twice in theaters, and I probably saw it another time at home. Um. But, it's that. Yeah, you're right. We were the target audience. It's one of those movies that, you. You know, if you're, like, a teenager, teenage guy, you would assume that everybody likes this movie because you like it. <laughs> it's like when I went out on a date in high school to go see Kick-Ass, and I was like, who, who would not like this movie? <laughs> and my date did not like it. So, 
this is the maybe not relevant, but yeah. <laughs> it, I think it's still a great movie. It, I think it is objectively a good movie. Um, it has many layers. One, it's just like a fun action movie. Mm-hmm. It feels almost like a mini series with uh, within the movie because of like the way it breaks up the storytelling with the seven different uh, ex boyfriends. Mm-hmm. But also, it's interesting because Scott Pilgrim is kind of an asshole. Yeah. And you don't think about... He is. You're, like, not... Su- he's not a good guy, but because yeah. he's the protagonist, you're, like, rooting for him, which you don't really think about. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin's is. brother, isn't it? <laughs> oh. Wait, he's way cooler than Macaulay Culkin. Kieran Culkin. If you watch Succession. I'm. It's on my list, yeah. He's hilarious. Um, yeah, who are the boyfriends or actors who were in? Chris Evans. That's right, before he was uh, Captain America, right? I think he was already Captain America by this point. Oh, really? 2010? When was the first Captain America? No, 2011. Oh. He was, he was already Johnny Storm by this point in Fantastic Four. Oh my god, I forgot about that. And he was in TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> but you got to abbreviate it because it's so cool. Wow. He really, uh, that Captain America thing really worked out for him. <laughs> he made a lot of money. Anna Kendrick is in it as his sister. Yep. Brie Larson. Is Brie Larson his Scott Pilgrim's ex-girlfriend? Yes. Uh, She's the lead singer oh, really? of Sex bomb No, no. Michael yes. Sarah is Sex bomb's lead singer. The other band. Whatever it is. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, you're right. Now I remember that. Um, what an interesting movie. <laughs> you know what's funny? So, place in Canada. The... The, the Brie Larson version of the song well so there's a song in this movie Black Sheep which, yeah, which oh, isn't that the what's that band called Metric yeah Metric it's one of it's one of their best songs yeah they released a Brie Larson vocals version of this a couple years ago and it's also really good Brie Larson can actually really sing okay but I think the metric version is better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this... So, to your point, I mean, the movie is kind of about music in some way. Yeah. It's like music, video games, and comic book, right? All of the things for... Yeah. We love. That matter. Uh, wow, there's so many... Oh, yeah, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza? Okay, the main this? bad guy is... Jason Schwartzman, right? Yes, yes. Jason Schwartzman is... He's he's one of the other ex-boyfriends. There's Brandon Ruth. Oh, yeah. Superman. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, Mai Whitman from Arrested Development. Yeah. The who... Oh, right, right. She's Anne in Arrested Development. Michael Sarah's... Egg. Egg, (laughs) yeah. Um, 
I'm just like looking, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of like famous actors. There are a lot of famous actors in this. I don't even remember who they play. Apparently Bill Hader is in it as the voice. Don't remember what that is. I don't know either. This was a fun movie. Yeah. I, I still think this is my favorite Edgar Wright movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, do you know Mary Elizabeth Winstead is married to Ewan McGregor? I had no idea. They got married in 2022. Wow. You know, That's I crazy. never would have guessed that. They met on the set of Fargo. Oh, I didn't know they were both in Fargo. I didn't either. I gotta watch that show. Oh, you should actually, yeah. I, I watched yeah. one or two seasons. But I don't think I watched the Obi-Wan season. The Obi-Wan season. Uh, okay, so what are your favorite songs in this? Now, I know all the songs in it by heart, but if you were to list out what the songs were, that would help, maybe. Well, Beck was like the main guy putting together the music, right? Oh, yeah, Beck wrote all the Sex Babam songs. Yeah. Okay, um, so you mentioned Black Sheep. That's a great song. Um, the, the song I remember most from Sex Bomb is uh, Garbage Truck. <laughs> uh, we Are Sex Bomb, I guess. Also, great name for a band, but also if you took your parents to see this movie, they'd be like, I don't get there's a bob bomb. That's the Mario thing, right? Yeah. Come on, man. I'm so sad, so very, very sad is another song. Crash and the Boys. Wow, but broken social scene. <laughs> Under my thumb by the Rolling Stones. I do remember that part of the movie. It's when he's getting into the limo, right? When uh, Jason Schwartzman comes back with uh, Ramona and like, beats him up. Hmm. It's a good part. We uh, hate you, please die. Did we already say that one? Yes. No. I think Black Sheep is the best song on this. Definitely. But I remember hearing some of the Beck versions of some of the Sex Bomb songs and thinking they're much better than when Michael Sarah sings them. Oh, really? Yeah. I never heard those. I remember the Beck version of Ramona. Ooh. Oh, actually, they're, they're on the soundtrack. Ramona, acoustic version, and Ramona regular so maybe those are just always sung by Beck oh I see Beck okay and then some are sex belong but they have a version of garbage truck sung by Beck seriously yeah ooh I'm gonna check that out you know who really likes this song I mean this movie who Franklin oh does he Franklin of course being uh, one of our sometimes co-hosts he did the Game of Thrones episode yeah he knows all these songs. Wow, I would never have guessed that. Yeah, he loves it. I remember that from freshman year. <laughs> That's how he knows most. Uh, he's, as far as I remember, his only exposure to rock bands are if they were on the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. So he thinks that the Rolling Stones and Metric are like basically the two biggest bands ever. You mean he's not wrong? <laughs> you know, Metric, they had some good stuff. This, yeah, they're they're actually a very like very solid band. Beating like a hammer. Um, you need to listen to some of that. I yeah. Help I'm alive. That's what it's called. Help I'm alive. Yeah. Metric has uh, has a good canon. 
Yeah. All right. Um, that being said, I think a reason that I like Metric is probably this movie. I think so. I think I found this mo- song, movie, the song from the movie, and then went on iTunes and looked at like their top five songs and downloaded those. <laughs> Pretty, because I think I only know five songs by them. Good times. So then it was at World's End. Sorry, the World's End, two thousand thirteen. Good movie. You're right. It's depressing. That's like kind of why, I, I, it does leave that taste in your mouth, right? I'm like, the only thing I remember is like, I'm not sure if I really want to watch it again. So, but I liked it. Yeah, it was good. I read this article about it, <clears throat> and it said that Edgar Wright wrote a script for a movie called Crawl at 21, before Spaced about a pub crawl because that was like the most interesting thing to a 21 year old and then decades later at age 40 after Scott Pilgrim he revisited the script and so then the movie became about not like just the pub crawl but about revisiting like youth and how you change in the meantime so I think that might be why it feels a little uh, melancholy that makes sense. But, you know, that's what he was going for, and he, he pulled it off. Still yeah. a very well-directed film. Yeah, it is. And still I has a like style. The, yeah. And it inspired me, which I've never done, but it would be fun to go to, what, like nine bars or whatever? I can't remember how many bars I go to. <laughs> but that just sounded like a fun uh, idea. The Golden Mile. It does sound fun, but like I don't think I could pull it off now. No, even actually it's twelve pubs. Yeah, I don't think I could pull that off. I, I don't think, think I can so. have twelve drinks in one night and not then be hungover for like four days afterwards. Three days. Yeah. Well, I think you would just have to. You know. Yeah, you would be hungover. Also, yeah, all the like the heavy English beer would be screwed. Oh God! Yeah. I would I could I could maybe do it what's your max you could do? My max amount of that I could like drink in one night? Like if you did a pub crawl, so I mean yeah. Can I have water at some of these places? Yeah. <laughs> then I'll have water at the first eleven and then I'll have a couple oh, no, beers no, no, no. at the last. You can have water in addition to oh, your damn you it. can't have it in place. <laughs> can I do hard seltzers? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, you think that would be better? I think it would be better. I think I, so, too. I don't think I could... I still don't think I would make it to all 12. I don't know how many I would make it to. Maybe, like, five. Like, six? Maybe five or six. Okay. Yeah. I think I could do eight. You could do eight? And I think I would be in bad shape after. Yeah. Oh, God. I think I could maybe do nine. Actually, that sounds crazy. That's a lot, man. That's too much That's for a one lot. night. That's a lot. Yeah. Even even in college, I think that would have been a lot. Yeah. We could have done it. We could have done, done it in college, but it still would have been a lot. I could have done it any day. could have done it any day, but it would have been a lot. Uh, okay, World's End. So, it's like aliens, right? I think and so, they, yeah. 
replace you with a um, fake version of you that shoots light out of your face? I think so. I don't really remember. And they all get replaced one by one. Except right? for except for Simon Pegg. Yeah, and like the girl, right? I think so. Yeah. I remember they go into the um, giant like site where all the people are. Yes, yes, I remember that a little bit. In, in my head, this sort of is mixed in with the ending of Indiana Jones 4 <laughs> in movies that I wasn't expecting to be about aliens that ended up being yeah. about aliens. That is so stupid. Oh, we should do that series. Indiana Jones. Yeah, there's a fifth one yeah. coming out next year, I think. Really? Yeah. Harrison oh, yeah. Ford's in it. Nice. Old. That guy's so old. <laughs> so this movie has Pierce Brosnan. Yes. He got back-to-back Bonds. Wait, wasn't Pierce Brosnan in Hot Fuzz also? No, Timothy Dalton, sorry. That's yeah, Timothy yeah. Dalton. You're right, you're right. Uh, I gotta love Pierce Brosnan. I do love Pierce Brosnan. He is... Certainly one of the Bonds. Yeah. He's <laughs> one of them. I would rewatch Goldeneye. People like that, right? Yeah. But it's just so 90s. It's very 90s. I would rewatch Mamma Mia. Oh, God. He's in that. Yeah, with Meryl Streep. Baby I don't Driver. I've seen him. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Did you you haven't seen Baby Driver, right? No. You are skipping one. Are we? But yeah, you don't skipping Ant Man. Ant Man was not Edgar Wright. Oh, he just wrote it. Okay. No, no, he was so the Ant Man Edgar Wright thing is that he had wanted to make an Ant Man movie for like eight years, and he'd been working with Marvel, and at the end he left the project because he couldn't work with Marvel because they like wouldn't let him make an Edgar Wright movie I think the quote he said was um, I wanted to make a Marvel movie but Marvel didn't want to make an Edgar Wright movie yeah and that was like the first breakup between a director and Marvel and it right. made everyone think that Ant-Man was not going to be good Ant-Man was fine it's like a it's a yeah. you know it's a normal Marvel superhero movie Paul Rudd's good in it but Paul Rudd was attached when Edgar Wright was attached, and Paul Rudd was really sad that Edgar Wright wasn't going to direct it anymore. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, he, he had really wanted to make Ant-Man. It's probably the most like troubled movie in the Marvel things. I, I had never heard of Ant-Man before this came out. Yeah, but he was like a huge fan of it. That's hilarious. I think Edgar Wright is just like a geek. Yeah. Who gets to do geeky things as a profession and as a result of that really has fun yeah okay now on to Baby Driver yes now it's Baby Driver um sorry I was reading more about this Ant-Man thing he actually shot a test reel for Ant-Man showing the shrinking powers off screen and he showed that uh, shrinking powers on screen and he showed that at Comic Con in 2012 but that was the only oh. footage Wright ever shot for Ant-Man that was seen by the public. Huh. Hmm. Man, that would have been so much better. Would have been interesting. Yeah. I mean, they made, like, Thor uh, 
what Thor Ragnarok. That was like totally different from all the other ones. Yeah, that was no, Taika. Thor, is that the one? Yeah, Ragnarok, and then there's the going to be Love one. and Thunder this year. Yeah, that's going to be very different. So yeah, they they moved. Title. They got a lot of bad press for um, that, like losing a, a director that they were excited about. And so I think they've tried to move in recent years in directions that are like seen as being more director friendly. Yeah. But also like Taika Waititi, is that how you say his name? Who? The director of Thor Ragnarok, Taika Waititi. Oh, I don't know. Because he was he's also in um, what we do in what we do in the shadows and stuff. Oh right, right. He's like one of the I associate him with the Flight of the Concords guys. Yes. Okay. Now. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, he he's worked. He like seems to work well in the studio system, but still like gets to make his own types of movies. Mm-hmm. He's gonna do a Star Wars movie next. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting because I like this guy, but I just don't. How do you feel about Star Wars? I'm not. I'm not super into it these days. Me neither. It's too much. I was never that. Uh, like obviously, I liked it and watched the movies, but it's actually weird. I haven't finished the Mandalorian. I haven't seen the Book of Boba yeah. Fett. Yeah. I know I will at some point probably, but they just they aren't like exciting. It's too much. No. I, the sequel trilogy left a really bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Same. I was excited before that, and then I was like. Just the level, the level of hype was always so high, and it never lived up to it. Yet um, a lot of people acted as if it was fine, and then they're still excited to see the next one. And it's like, it's just okay. Like it's not. Chris, so Chris and I did like a whole particularly great about Star Wars. Chris and I did an episode on the Star Wars sequel trilogy at some point during yeah. the pandemic, and there was like an audio issue or something, so we lost it, and we, you know, we. talked about recording it again and just the thought of having to think about the Star Wars movies in that much depth again like made us both be like uh we'd rather not I actually thought the first two were okay the third one is really the The one that shot the bet on it yeah it was so stupid I I'm gonna go on a tangent here J.J. Abrams just clear my throat did he direct uh, oh, he, he directed. He was like the head guy of all of those, right? No, so they didn't have a head guy of all of those. They just had individual directors making random movies that didn't seem to have any connection to each other. J.J. Abrams directed The Force Awakens. Rian Johnson directed The Last Jedi. And then they were going to have Colin Trevorrow direct Episode Nine, But they fired him because I think some movie of his didn't do well. And so then they got J.J. Abrams back for Episode Nine. And J.J. Abrams just didn't like The Last Jedi, and The Last Jedi was, like, sort of controversial when it came out for some of its plot points. But instead of, like, leaning into that and, like, going with it and making the story better, he just basically undid everything that The Last Jedi did. Like, Last Jedi said Rey's parents were nobody, and then J.J. Abrams was like, actually, she's a Palpatine, (laughs) haha. That stuff's so stupid. It is stupid, and it's just... J.J. Abrams is not a good storyteller. He ruined Star Trek. No. He did yeah. Star Trek Into Darkness, which was just the worst Star Trek movie. Sorry, this is an Edgar Wright episode. Lost is overrated. <laughs> Lost is overrated. 
This is an Edgar Wright episode, but J.J. Abrams just really pissed me, pissed me off. Yeah, I am with you. He's stupid. He's overrated. He's still coasting off like <laughs> bullshit from 20 years ago. Um, Baby Driver is a fun movie. It is the most music video of his movies. Interesting. Th- yeah, this is one I never saw, and like, even when it came out, I was like, "Oh, this looks really good." But I just the the incredibly ge- never saw it. The general premise is there's a getaway driver named Baby, played by Ansel Elgort, and he has tinnitus because his parents were killed in a car crash when he was a baby, and he was in the car, and he's had tinnitus since then, and it helps him to listen to music. I don't know if medically this makes sense, but that's the premise of of like why okay. he's listening to music. So during all the driving scenes, he has an iPod in and he's just like listening to music. So it's basically like the entire movie is built around the the songs. Huh, that's cool. Yeah. And it's very well choreographed and it's probably one of the more stylish Edgar Wright movies. Yeah. So every time that he is, like, is there music playing every time he's um, the main guy in the scene? Um, I think there's music playing, like, pretty much throughout the whole movie. Wow. Yeah. And it's not, like, background music. There's, like, songs playing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Jamie Foxx is in it. John Hamm is in it. Um, uh, Kevin Spacey is in it. (laughs) Uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. I think Kevin Spacey's overrated. I think... I don't think... (laughs) I I do. I do think Kevin Spacey's overrated. Yeah. Even before all this stuff. Even before all this stuff? I don't know. Maybe. I don't think I had, like, thought about him too much. every movie. I don't think I had thought about him too much before all this stuff. But yeah. actually, you know, he did. He does play the same role in this as he did in uh, House of Cards. He just has that one character. Yeah, just exactly. Just kind of Machiavellian. Yeah. I'm trying to... Th- there's okay, a, so I'm, I need to watch this movie. It's very good. You'd like it. Um, I'm looking yeah. at the soundtrack. Ooh. It's not a lot of, like... Oh, Run the Jewels? Are they? Yeah. Hmm. Oh wow, Jonathan Richman. Yes, yes. Egyptian reggae is in this. Nice. I think that's what surprised me that you hadn't seen it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Well, there's some good bands in here. Yeah. And then. So Baby Driver is a song by Simon and Garfunkel? That's why he named the movie Baby Driver. I didn't know that. Oh, um, on this, this, he did a second uh, soundtrack release, Baby Driver Volume 2. And the last song on side B is Blue Song by Mint Royale, the song that the music video was the precursor to the opening scene of this movie that's awesome that is cool 
Wow, that's cool that he. I want to check this out. It looks like some good music. You would you would love this movie, I think. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna watch this. So after um, Baby Driver. That was two thousand seventeen. Yeah, so now twenty twenty one. Which one do you want to cover first? Which one was first? I think the Sparks Brothers was first. Okay, we can do the Sparks Brothers. Is it? Yeah. Oh no, sorry, we're missing some stuff. <clears throat> which I wanna at least mention. Okay. So he did the in 2014, he did a music video. He went back to music videos for a time. And he, he he has always liked directing music videos, but there's not a lot of money in it, apparently, so he just directs the music videos that he likes to... Like, he wants to direct. Yeah. So he did the Pharrell song, Gust of Wind. I have never heard this song. You have definitely heard this song. Really? Yeah. I know it's Daft Punk. It's the Daft Punk one on the Pharrell album after Random Access Memories. Oh, yeah, because that would be like a year later. Yeah, right? yeah. I definitely made you listen to this song. <laughs> I might have blocked it out. It's Gus. a pretty good song. Unfortunately, it's more Pharrell than Daft Punk, but, you know, it's alright. Is there a good Daft Punk uh, influence? Yeah, no, Daft Punk sings in it. Like, they're, okay. they do the chorus. The robot? Okay, I'm gonna watch this music video. Um, and then he also did the music video for oh. Colors by Beck. There's like boulders in the shape of Daft Punk. Yes, song. exactly. And the boulders <laughs> sing. It's wild. That's funny. And he did uh, so. He did this Beck music video um, called Colors, and Allison Brie's in that. And it's also just like you know hyper hyper frenetic stuff. That's his vibe. Okay. But it seems like he and Beck are really tight. Yeah. Beck seems like a cool guy. You know, Beck does seem like... I think you'd be able to hang out with him. <clears throat> I I would want to hang out with him. Maybe. I don't know. Did you see that Beck and Jack White did this thing a couple months ago where uh, Jack Beck was like doing a concert in Nashville and Jack White walks on stage beforehand and just like pretends to be Beck and like starts really? singing a Beck song. And then Beck walks out and is like, get the fuck out of here, Jack. Wait, was that a joke? No, that, they like did it as a bit, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, <laughs> I got another tangent. Are you going to go see Jack White? What? I think he's touring now. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, I would love to, actually. This last Jack White album was great. Yeah, it was really good. We, we're going to do a follow-up Jack White episode, but after he releases we the should. second in this duology. Because he, he came out with an album just now, and he's coming out with another one in July. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Yeah, so we should do one in July after the second one comes out. Yeah. Oh, damn. He may have already... Uh... Oh, no. What? He may uh, have already gone hit the East Coast. Ah, uh. He'll do it. He'll do it he again. He can go to Philly. He'll do it again. He proposed on this tour. Yeah. Right. And then they got married at the end of that same concert. <laughs> That's, That's the most Jack White thing to do. 
no, I'm going to be out of town, but he's here. Oh, and guess what? You're going to love this. When he's playing in the Bay Area, this would be your ultimate concert. The uh, opening band, The Kills. Ooh. So then you'd get some nice crossover. You'd get some dead weather. Music. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Be out of town. That would be great. All right. Well, this is a great uh, Edgar Wright episode where we're <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. All right. So the Sparks Brothers documentary. Lots of famous people are in it. Weird Al, Beck, Jason Schwartzman, Mike Myers. Oh. Oh, that actually reminds me. Are they all fans? Yes, they're all fans of Sparks. Um, Mike Myers. There's actually a great Mike Myers joke in Baby Driver where, like, they're... Um, <laughs> they all were supposed to get getaway masks for this robbery they're doing and like someone was sent out to go buy Michael Myers masks from a Halloween store Uh-oh. and they get Austin Powers Mike Austin Myers Powers. masks that's funny um, so Mike Myers is in this Sparks Brothers documentary Neil Gaiman just the voice of Bjork <laughs> not Bjork just her voice Mark Gaddis the guys from New Order Flea the presenter of Yo Gabba Gabba Giorgio Moroder, Fred Armisen, Patton Oswalt. Oh, Giorgio Moroder? Yeah, dude. So, have, have you heard of Sparks? I had not heard of it until, like, I saw the trailer for this movie. So, I, I'd heard of it. I've heard of them because I saw them accidentally. Really? Yeah, so they did a project with Franz Ferdinand called uh, FFS, which is Franz Ferdinand Sparks. And they did this collaboration yeah. album in like the mid 2010s, and then they did this tour. And I'd been wanting to see Franz Ferdinand, so like I got tickets with my friend, and we like we went to see this. But it wasn't Franz Ferdinand; it was just them doing songs from this album. And they maybe each did like oh. one or two individual songs from their own works. Yeah. But it was actually it was like my only exposure to them before this, and it was really good. But Sparks are this. California band they didn't make it in LA in the 60s so then they went to England and just sort of became an English band but they're actually American but they like had a huge following in Europe and the Sparks Brothers are in this movie with Edgar Wright and Edgar Wright is in it as the narrator huh they're kind of unusual they're very weird the the older brother has a Hitler mustache and that was like apparently a lot of their mystique when they were on TV in London in the '60s, people were like, "What the hell are they? What? Why the hell is like Hitler playing piano on our yeah. TV right now?" But like that made them really famous. Like Paul McCartney and John Lennon were like watching the show that they were on, and they're like, "What the hell? Hitler's playing piano." <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Paul McCartney dressed up as one of them during one of his music videos. No way. Yeah, I think for you this would also be interesting because you were into rock history. And this is like an interesting yeah. documentary look about what it takes to be a rock band like from the 50s uh, to now because they're still making music. Well, now that I know it's on Netflix, I'm definitely going to watch this. Yeah. And they have an interview with Georgia Moroder in it because he worked with them on an album, a couple of albums. Yeah. And it sounds, it's just really funny because <laughs> it just sounds like, like this Daft Punk song. Giorgio. Yeah. He says the sound of the future again, and it's just like in the song. Oh, wow. He's like, wow, I thought this could be the sound of the future <laughs> with the sparks. Oh, man. Dude, Giorgio Moroder. But again, this is... Have you ever looked at pictures of him, like, from 
the eighties. There, there are clips of him in the eighties in this. His mustache is insane. Yeah. This this movie felt Edgar Wrighty, in a way. Really. It, like it wasn't just documentary. Like I already said, it was fast paced and it reminded yeah. me of some of his other stuff. But also like it was quirky. There are bits where people are like recounting stories from the production of these albums and like they're he animates these sequences sort of like um you remember the Ricky Gervais thing yeah. a couple of years ago like many many years ago now but he did a podcast and they released it as animated videos uh, okay it's kind of like that well it sounds really interesting you'd like it um i like when like regular you know i like when directors make like uh passion projects as kind of yeah just like a side project it's pretty cool yeah and then after this was last night in soho yes which i have also not seen you saw it i did yeah i saw it last month This is actually an interesting pairing with the Sparks Brothers movie because it's about like a student in modern times, like a fashion student, but she's obsessed with music and style from the 60s. Uh-huh. And it's sort of like about the dark side of that. So he does this documentary about like music history, sort of. And then his next movie is kind of flipping that on its head and being like, well, actually, maybe those times weren't so great. Really, but it says it's like a psychological horror movie. It is. It's like a sci-fi psychological horror movie. Interesting. Where, do you want me to tell you the premise, or are you gonna? Or, yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. This girl has um, some sort of psychiatric disorder, and she sees visions of her dead mom, and then she moves to London to be a fashion student. And, she starts uh, every night like waking up and it being the 60s oh wow and like there's this like glamorous uh like 60s pop star-esque person played by Anya Taylor-Joy and like she is her in these midnight sequences like she is her like in the mirror it's her but in the reality it's Anya Taylor-Joy and like it starts out being like oh you know this is great like she's gonna be like a famous singer but then Matt Smith is like her agent it's actually it's it's also like a good flip for Matt Smith yeah he plays he plays like a monster he's like her pimp and he like beats her up and stuff oh that sounds interesting it's it, it, it is Matt interesting Smith. but so it's so like a, it's a darker like it? movie it's it's probably one of his darkest movies okay still good not as good as some of his other ones yeah Okay, well, I think I would check it out. You should. Sounds interesting. Matt Smith as a pimp. <laughs> Sounds good. There's more to it than Matt Smith as a pimp. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Doctor Who is the pimp in this movie, yes. <laughs> oh, actually, that's probably why um, this came to mind as a topic uh, for this episode. Because originally we were going to do a Doctor Who episode this week. Which we should right. still do, but maybe like during the 60th anniversary or something. Yeah. But Doctor Who, when it was being brought back in 2005, Russell Davies uh, asked Edgar Wright to direct Rose, the pilot. 
Oh. And he wanted to, because every British person loves Doctor Who, but he just, like, had scheduling conflict, so he didn't. Oh, wow. Yeah. That'd be cool if he directed an episode. That would be amazing. Yeah. Man, Russell Davies, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. He's taking over as showrunner of Doctor Who again. Oh, God. So it's going to be really cheesy? It probably will be, but they needed someone else after this current era. Yeah. If you... So I think that's the end of the Edgar Wright movies. He did write a few movies as well, and he was producer on some. He produced Attack the Block. He wrote, co-wrote The Adventures of Tintin. But those aren't... I don't really consider those his movies. No. If you had to combine any two Edgar Wright movies into the ultimate Edgar Wright movie, what would it be? I'm just... I'm not even going to try anything funny. I'm just going to be honest. It would definitely be like Hot Fuzz and... uh, the ultimate movie would be Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, but but they're so similar my already. Would be Hot Fuzz and Scott Pilgrim. Oh, that's good. That's basically two answers. Hmm. I would do Scott Pilgrim and I want to be like cool and be like oh Scott Pilgrim in a fistful of fingers cause, like, but that's just that would just be pointless I'll, I'll say Scott Pilgrim and Sparks Brothers wow no Cornettos oof but so that's, that, that's the thing the, the Cornetto movies uh, we already talked now about them more. I don't like like the world's end is fine it is what it is Hot Fuzz yeah. is great and Shaun of the Dead is great I don't really think they need any I don't, th- I don't know how adding them to Scott Pilgrim would like improve either of those things and I guess it goes back to what you said at the beginning where where you think Hot Fuzz and sh- um, Scott Pilgrim actually you know you said Scott Pilgrim is the first one you think of yeah and I think of Shaun of the Dead yeah so you're more aware of his other non-Simon Pegg movies <laughs> I suppose that's true than I am like I literally didn't even like I was like I really want to see Baby Driver I didn't know he directed it oh yeah until looking at this yeah I think uh, that's a good point I think I do focus more on his non-Cornetto movies yeah but I think if you watch the non-Cornetto movies you'd like them a lot for sure yeah I'll I'm okay so I'm definitely going to check out Baby Driver and Sparks are like the top of the list. Last Night in Soho should be on there too. Yeah. But I think that's a good order. Baby Driver, Sparks, Last Night in Soho. Yeah. Um, so that's the ultimate thing. That's, uh, that's <laughs> it. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode that was purely about Edgar Wright and had no tangents whatsoever. Yes. And we will see I always say see you next time but that's probably the wrong see you next time that's the wrong thing to say on a podcast what would be a better you'll hear us next time you'll hear us next time there you go (laughs) listen for our voices next time on yeah a serious series of podcast oh god yeah (laughs) alright alright All right, so who is Edgar Wright?
more like Edgar Wrong. Yeah. If we were being pitchfork contrarians, that's how we would start the episode.